Big Queer Wrestling Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Hope Spot Clothing Company. Hope Spot are a brand that look to celebrate more inclusive world in professional wrestling, with money from each purchase being donated to a variety of different causes. Listeners to the podcast now receive 10% off using the promo code BQWPOD over at HopeSpotCC.com. Hello and welcome to the Big Queer Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Joshua. Today, I'm joined by the demolition woman, Ale Taylor. Hello. I just realised I'd better say hello. Yes. Simple, great start, roaring success. You'd be um. surprised. <laughs> I'm quite proud that I got through your introduction in one go. So yeah, man. It's a good start, That's fresh first start. Take. Yes. You'd be amazed how many I've got wrong, honestly. <laughs> it's worrying. Um, we'll start off with a question that sounds really deep, but really isn't. Who is Ale Taylor? Who is L.A. Taylor? Um, L.A. Taylor is the end result of who I would have been had I done everything I had wanted to do at every point. If, if no one had got in the way and said, ah, don't do that, or someone had gone, oh, that's lame, and I shied away from it. L.A. Taylor is the, the result of doing everything you want, even if it's wrong, and the lessons that come from that, and the attitude that comes from that, I guess. Yeah, she she's me, but so much worse, and so much better. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that got a bit deeper than I expected it to. I know. How dare Ooh. you make me open up like this? All right. It's so soon. I'm not even a tough a tough nut to crack. I was just right in there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, on a slightly Less deep note. When when did Ale Taylor become a thing? When when did you start training? Have you always been Ale Taylor? But personally, I've always been. It, it's my name. My dad always called me Ale. Um, that was what was shouted across the park when it was time to go home or, and go get Sunday roast, you know. Um, but in terms of wrestling and the wrestling persona. Uh, I was training for about a year before I thought, oh, I might actually be able to get a match out of this. I was always told, you're never going to make it. Um, and then I came up with a name, <laughs> like Frozen was very big at the time, and I was like, uh, I could be called Winter, but with a Y, so it's edgy. Um, and I was going to have like this frosty gimmick, which isn't very me. There are people out there who have a gimmick similar to that and they do it so well but I was so it, w- it would have been lame if I did it so um, that swiftly went away and I was being sort of pressured to come up with what are you going to do what are you going to be and I was like ah just be me leave me alone and I was like oh there it is <laughs> so I was like I'll, I'll literally just call myself my name because one I'll answer to it um, which Very is good great point. yep um and I like it. It's kind of catchy. I couldn't come up with anything better. I think, you know, my parents did good. <laughs> oh, it's definitely a wrestler name. Yeah. 100%. So it works really well. Um. So when when did you start training? When was that? Oh, God. Um, when did I? I think it mm, properly sort of actually a concerted effort in sort of 2018 I would say uh is that about right yeah like end of 2018 
Right. Um, but that was properly. So were there hints of it before? I went to like the odd sort of workshop or or the training itself was very intermittent. There wasn't like a school set up um, sort of full time. Then in 2018, there was like a weekly thing. Yeah. Um, as, and then um, sort of around mid to late 2019 was when it was sort of two, three times a week actually properly training. Um, I keep and... nodding, but I don't release the video, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I keep. I've got loads of mad hand gestures. Yeah, and uh, nobody can see them. Just, just people imagine. My hands yeah. around. Imagine grand hand gestures. I'm sure they're elegant. Um, yeah. So around that sort of time, it was just very gradual. It wasn't. I think there are some amazing schools and opportunities around the country where you can hop in and it's already set up now. Um, and you can go in multiple times a week straight away. Uh, for me, it was very much a, a patient wait for the company to gradually sort of build up. So, yeah, I, I would say sort of properly, properly as a concerted, actually, I want to give this a go kind of effort, probably 2019. Okay. Yeah, because you're down the bottom of England, aren't you? I don't yeah, want to say yeah. I don't want to say where in case there's some weirdo that's like oh my god. So we'll say the bottom uh, end of England. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's, yeah, I'm I'm from the county of Cornwall. I don't I train further north than that. So yeah. Yeah, because it's only I've only seen recently. It might just be because I have got about more, but it's only been more recently that I've seen stuff nearer to Cornwall sort of popping up promotions, mm. schools. So it feels like it was more difficult the further down in England you went. Yeah, I, you've got to think about infrastructure as well. Like it's it's the, the same reason anything down here is difficult. You know, there's the public transport is non-existent, and you know everything takes that extra half hour to an hour to get to. So my my commute to training is is two hours, and there are guys who come up like a lot longer than me and I know there are people around the country who drive a lot longer than that like we'll all drive you know five six hours for certain seminars and stuff won't we we know you know what it's worth but you know it's it's when it's sort of three four days a week you're driving up after work or college it's um you spend a lot of time getting used to your car (laughs) yeah it's a lot see I'm yeah I'm quite lucky. I've always trained relatively close. I say close, like half an hour. So yeah, that's decent. Yeah, mm. but it, it depends where you. I'm in the Midlands, so there's. Oh, you guys are riddled with wrestling. Yeah, you, you throw are, throw oh. a rock in any direction, and you're at a wrestling school. I I'm so. so desperate, so desperate to get around. But yeah, it's fantastic. As for me, like if you throw a rock, you'll hit Cornish wrestling. <laughs> like there's loads of people just in random fields and on the beaches just doing Cornish wrestling demonstrations all the time but not pro wrestling so yeah yeah I don't know I don't know how I feel about Cornish wrestling um you made a very quick comment earlier of you were told you wouldn't make it oh, which yeah. you said in passing which blows my mind because for people that don't know you you are six foot you're strong you're the definition of what every pro wrestler wants to be. So how could... You really are, though. How could someone look at you and go... Well, when I when I started, I was uh, a 
very, very unhealthy, unhappy individual. And the reason I was doing it was because I was just trying to get out of the house as much as I could. I just needed, I just needed to be out doing things. So I, but if it's, at the time I was um, classified as obese, not overweight, clinically obese. Uh, I had really bad asthma. I had bad skin, like I had every allergy reaction going. I had um, like a digestive condition that put me in constant pain. Um, I had, with my heart, I was pre-hypertension. I was, not that being pale is bad, but I was severely pale because I just didn't go out because I, I naturally actually tan. But um, yeah, I think that's why. It was, if you had seen me when I started, just this sad, quivering, shy lump of a person, then I think you would kind of get it. You'd be like, ah, oh, I'm glad she's doing this so she gets out. Yeah. She's not, go- she's not going to ever do anything, though. But that was a lot of people. That was why they were like that. But the main thing was I just had no support from... Uh, home, not like family, but just who I was living with at the time. It was just kind of like, this is a stupid idea. You're clumsy. You're not athletic. You've never done anything like this in your life. You've got no business setting foot in a ring. And, and I'm I assuming thought, well, that person's gone now. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It, that's, you know, but that's okay. Like, I think, you know, I can understand where they were coming from at the time. It did seem very so so you've you've completely turned it around yeah i've just had like this hideous i say hideous i've had a wonderful three years but also very hideous um where i just sort of i turned to a friend um who was doing their personal trainer qualification at the time they used me as a guinea pig because you know you see someone who's really struggling you think i can definitely get some some results out of this person and i was like yeah i'll do it i've got nothing else to do and i just sort of started i dropped weight i started lifting weights i started tanning started getting healthy um in early 20 in late 2019 just before i had my first match the nhs labeled my asthma as dormant i came off um medication for everything um and through sort of diet and exercise i was able to get rid of skin and digestive issues and just by sort of being healthier all round. like i don't i'm not saying that's what everyone needed to do but it's what worked for me yes yeah. just you know pursuing a healthier lifestyle i guess yeah it's still there's a lot of hard work in pursuing that it's it's very easy oh, to say you're going to but I, I lost 62 pounds in like two years. It was disgusting. <laughs> that's, that's genuinely like amazing. I would have had no yeah. idea because you, like, I think the first time we met was Pew, but I'd obviously seen Instagram and stuff. Yeah. And you come across I'll have as. I to put my progress photos out there one day. I've got to give a little side note to a few people who helped me, by the way, because they'll be like, I'm great. Yeah. Cow, she's not giving me a shout out. Um, so, uh, Rosie Rotherham PT, she was the one who started me off. Uh, we wrestled each other a lot as well, bless her. And um, who 
was, yes and Rees has helped me recently because I hit a bit of a wall where I was like, oh, I've lost a bit of weight. How am I going to, you know, get better? Honestly, all of my lifts have been up since I did a couple of programs with him. I, um, I did a six-week yeah. meal plan with him. Oh, um, incredible. And in them six weeks, I lost about a stone. Mm. Um, the only reason I had to stop is because I got quite poorly, completely unrelated to his plan. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, no. But he, his he's plan, very health-based. yeah, his plan in six weeks, I lost about a stone. Unfortunately, I got poorly and ended up putting it all back on. But he just that was just with a plan off him. Exactly, like he's he's an incredible coach. Um, he's very much like the inspiration for me for what I uh, want to do with my career outside of wrestling that and what I'm training to do outside of wrestling. I literally, I approached him, I think it was early 2020, just for the lockdown. And I said, Hey, like you do sort of like nutrition, personal training. I believe he's a physio as well. And you wrestle and you have like, uh, you seem to have life sussed, you know, you've got, you seem to have a great balance and yeah. be passionate about what you're doing. I'm really interested in that. How do I do that? And he gave me like tons of advice and, I sort of would ask him for advice and send him the odd email through the lockdowns that we had. And he was like, hey, read this ebook that I've got. Check out this company. Um, him and JD Knight popped me onto the Optimum Nutrition course. They were, they were the ones who said, hey, they're running that for free right now. Go do that. And I was like, brilliant. So very giving with knowledge. Shout nice. out to JD Knight as well. With you. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. It's a lot of hard work, but it's also a very strong support system. Yeah, I know I've missed out tons of people, but uh, yeah, I've got a great, a great support system of people, and you know the people that I train with have always been quite a tight knit group. And um, as much as I don't really get to see those guys like I would like to these days, um, at the time, it was incredible to have that community. You know? Yeah, sorry. For anyone listening, my mic's been a nuisance, so oh, I was just you. fidgeting with it, so there might be a <laughs> weird noise, and I'm too lazy to hunt that back down and edit it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's like a really cool story to hear that I'm guessing not a lot of people would actually know about. So it's No, it's not something that I sort of advertise, because I think, you know, people, I don't, I don't think that my job is to go like oh guys I'm such a charity case look what I did because you know it's first world problems and whatever but and now that I'm I'm going to qualify as a personal trainer and uh, injury massage therapist in, in the next couple of weeks it's definitely an experience and a story that I feel I can use to help other people yeah. I, I'm just not sure that it's particularly applicable to my wrestling, but I know there's a few wrestling fans out there, especially from the Southwest, who sort of saw me go from that nervous, large girl on the tickets, the ticket desk and selling the raffle tickets to being what I am when I go to the ring now, which is just polar opposites, you know? Yeah, so I think like, they, They've said to me, hey, that's awesome. And I'm like, well, that's cool. At least I've sort of inspired the odd person <laughs> yeah which i think is a part of wrestling um yeah, i get i, I get I not going so. on about it because it's a personal thing but at the same time mm-hmm. i'm listening to this going this is this is well cool look at all the stuff you've managed it's really cool yeah no completely it's completely one a complete 180 
on lifestyle, just an entire outlook on life. Um, I just, I have uh, an unhealthy amount of ambition and sort of drive these days. And it was all sort of kick-started with that. So, yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. And I think like you can choose to go forward with your life however you want. I, I won't judge anyone for however they think they're happiest. But, you know, if there's anyone out there who is sat there in, a, in the position I was and they're thinking... I don't know how to get, I want to get myself different, I'm not happy like this, I want to change, then like, give me a shout and I'll point you in the right direction to some really cool people who can help you out. Nice. Um, but yeah, because I, like I say, there were points where I was large and in charge and I was the happiest ever, but then I wasn't and then it's okay to yeah. change, you know. You've got to be comfortable but, um, in your own skin. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic, it's, it's, it's good to have a story to try and help people i hope it helps people anyway it helps me sometimes i i, I have like uh, diaries and photos that i look back on to sort of say hey like you've achieved this that's fine good base level more go 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 like yeah so i think that's good nice so yeah that's really cool to hear um, I'm trying to lead it like back to the wrestling questions now. Yeah, sorry. Just... Yeah, yeah. No, let's go for it. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's been really cool to like hear the story and how it's all gone out. And it's the kind of thing I like to have on the podcast. It's just, I, I didn't want to just go, right, now back to wrestling. <laughs> but, no, it's cool. I love it. Um, yeah, so you've said it's made all this difference for you. And like from everything you've said, it clearly has. And it's insane. You started... Properly trained in 2019, when did you first get to be on a show? Uh, end of 2019. Um, we, so I, I trained primarily down in Plymouth at Reach, and they had their first academy show. And I debuted against one of my best friends, who was also on their debut so it was a double debut so it was much like <laughs> the blind leading the blind it was hilarious but there were no other girls yeah They're, so they were like well go have a go and we're, it was just you know it's all everyone's friends and family it was very much this is an academy show we're learning but um you know we had an amazing time and as much as i'm sure i'd watch that now and cringe and even though it wasn't so very long ago um I can at least live safe in the knowledge that I had the absolute time of my life and realised that I'm addicted to adrenaline rushes now. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. You finished that first so, match, whether it's good or bad, and you stood backstage going, I want another one. I want another exactly one. Exactly that. Yeah. This is it. And I'd performed on stage in various ways before but never in a way that was so physically difficult. So I was like, oh, God, yeah, that's yeah. that's next level. So that was that was a new rush. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. I completely get where you're coming from. Mm. Uh, my mind's just gone blank. I had a question ready that isn't on my list, and it's just I know I had it, and it's just completely gone from my head. So we'll just that's go to right. the next one. Um, have you always been a wrestling fan? Or was it something you came across later on that you thought, oh, this will be fun to at least try? Uh, I don't think anyone in my family is a wrestling fan. 
Um, it wasn't something that was on the TV. Uh, I found out that my my great-grandma on my well-to-do side, because everyone always has a posh side of the family, don't they? Yeah. On the posh side, uh, sneakily used to love going to the wrestling, like, around um, the Gloucestershire sort of area. Um, I was lucky enough to wrestle in a venue that she would have watched the wrestling in sort of post-war era. So I was like, oh, this is, that was nice. But apart from that, no, it's not something that's prevalent in my family. My family aren't really into theatrical bits either. So when I started doing acting and stuff, they were a bit sort of cringe and (laughs) live performance. They were like, oh, cringe. Um, and which is fine. They're very, very supportive. It's just not something they would ever do. Yeah. Which is why they're so wholesome and wonderful. Because they're like, you go do it then. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, but no, I basically was friends with a bunch of guys growing up. We all, all of our parents sort of worked in the same little seaside village in the summer. And we'd all ride our bikes around and just get dusty. And we were known as the... Um, we were known as the the, the sight rats because we were just these dusty, gross kids. All of these other kids were there on holiday and like pristine, having their day with mama and dadums on the beach. And we were just a bunch of, it was very much like the Cornish version of like Lords of Dogtown, where you've just got these scabby little kids running around, like shouting at people on their bikes. Yeah. And uh, we'd just like run around just completely like we'd be fairly polite but you know we'd find our way to the golf course and shout at them like we're in jackass that was good fun um we'd raise a little hell but just you know not enough to get in light-mannered hell we'd we'd raise gentle hell um and a couple of the guys there um shout out to webby and webby um, they were into like Slipknot and they used to wear those Mambo shirts with the skeletons and flames on and they used to go to like Download Festival and they loved wrestling and we used to go on the trampolines because we were at the seaside so there were trampolines everywhere, they were big and they would be doing wrestling on each other and I'd be like, whoa and then someone would be at the side being the commentary being like, ah oh, no, Triple H is going to go for the pedigree right? and I was just like who are these people? And I'd ask them about it. And I'd ask them about like, who are those masked men on your t-shirt? They're like, that's Slipknot. And I'd be like, that's so scary. I want to know more. And, um, you know, I'd be like, who, who's, who's that wrestler? And then they'd sort of like sneakily try and like show you in a magazine or something. And then, uh, yeah, I tried to sort of watch a little bit of it when you could catch little bits on the TV back in the day. And I definitely tried running along the sofa, off the sofa arm and onto my younger brother and definitely hurt him a lot. So along with Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, wrestling was banned. Um, But I always, anyone who was like in leathery sort of clothing with blonde, disgusting wet hair and massive muscles... I wanted to be that. I, I wanted to be basically like Triple H, or I, or I wanted to be like Edge because I just thought they were cool. I was like, "Who is that?" And then there was that sort of like all of the people I wanted to be when I grew up were all just these outrageous men. So yeah, I wanted to be like Triple H, or I wanted to be Tommy from Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, 
because I was like, he has a dragon sword. What the hell? <laughs> and uh, I sort of, yeah, it got banned and the popularity sort of went down. You couldn't get it on mainstream TV anymore. And I sort of lost contact with it along with, you know, new, well, as soon as new metal sort of died a death, I sort of lost touch with wrestling. And then maybe, oh, it was a few years later, some friends of mine were like, yeah, I'm going to go watch Mania. And I was like, um, you, I didn't know you still watch wrestling. Uh, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, how, how do you watch WrestleMania? Because we could never, like my mum and dad would never give them, me the money to watch WrestleMania or something. I was like, I've always wanted to stay up and watch WrestleMania. Like, how do I do that? And I was a grown adult, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm in my 20s at this point. So I was just like, I, I can pay for WrestleMania. Oh, my God. It just occurred to me. So I started watching um, like Raw and SmackDown, just just WWE. Yeah. Just watching that leading up to WrestleMania. And then I sort of went, oh, God, this is amazing. I saw that there were I'd never seen any women's wrestling. I had seen sort of China and Beth outside of the ring i'd never seen them wrestle i had just i don't know why or how i'd just never seen them wrestle so i was sort of like they're cool but i'd never really seen any women's wrestling so then when i'm watching this suddenly massive women's roster killing it i was just like oh 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 i could that you can anyone can kind of do that there's people of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds there and I'm looking at the guys and I'm like, yeah, they're all shapes and sizes and backgrounds too. Oh, I get it. Like, you could, anyone can have a go. Like, I'm not saying you're going to make it to, yeah. to WrestleMania, but I'm like, oh, there is space in wrestling for everyone. Like, there's a space for everything. And I started watching stuff online and, you know, watching sort of older world of sports stuff on YouTube and trying to work out what I liked and that was cool then I just attended like a local open day yeah and, and then wrestling slowly takes over your life and there's no escape in it yeah like that's yeah. it you're in then yeah 100% <laughs> um, links in quite well with the next thing I asked because you've kind of already mentioned some of them I asked people their influences mm. um, and you've already sort of mentioned Triple H you mentioned Beth Phoenix in China, mm. so I'm guessing they all had an influence. Is there anyone in particular, or is it just anyone that was big, blonde, and muscly? Pretty much from uh, from like a not understanding it, just watching it as a kid. Yeah. Viewpoint those those three people. I was just like, gosh, it's really weird. I just wanted to be a big, muscly man. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then I was like, oh, you can be a big, muscly woman. That's kind of cool. So, you know, like, let's just give it a go. I was like, what if I could be a combination of all these people? And when I sort of started training, I didn't, I didn't really see anyone that looked like me at the time, mainly because I was just a wheezing, poor, red-in-the-face person. <laughs> but uh, okay. I sort of looked at those even, guys. Even at that point... I'm just going to point uh -huh. out you are six foot tall. You're taller yeah. than most most females in wrestling. And let's be honest, most men in British wrestling. So like, Bless them, yes. You yes, already had a standout point. Mm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, let's say that. But you already, even before you got to the point where you felt healthy and ready, you had a standout point where you're like, just really tall, which helps. Oh yeah, like, but you can't, lets... you can't trade on that. Because the, the bell's got to ring at some point. Well, yeah, but you then built to that point. You got yourself in really good shape. You got your asthma, so they were like, it's not really asthma anymore. You got yourself off your medication and became Cornish Triple H. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> that poor, poor superstar. <laughs> I wish. My wildest dreams. My wildest dreams. Um, but yeah, that, that was the inspiration. Yeah. I was just there like, I want to be like big blonde and jacked. So that was my plan, to... and then my hair fell out. Ah. Yeah. But, yeah, so you can tell that that's sort of an influence for you, and it's it's really cool. And I, I think it's, like, a bit a bit obvious then when I state it, because you're like, oh, yeah, she's kind of just those three or four people just mashed together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you're doing it well, in my opinion. Um. So you've been... You've been on shows about three years. You've done quite a bit. What is the plan as you keep going? Is there a target or are you just enjoying it? I think it's like, it's the done thing now to be like, oh, I'm just enjoying it. Just see where it goes. See where the wind takes me. And there's always a part of me that's like that. But I, you've got, you don't throw yourself around just to enjoy it. I don't think. Maybe eventually. Like, yeah, but I no. think you've got to you've got to want to do something with it. I'm very happy with like I've got some lovely opportunities and people have been really wonderful and helped me so much and I've been incredibly fortunate that although I'm here in the southwest and there's not necessarily a whole bunch of stuff going on down here compared to the rest of the country that we have some incredible talent who work here. Uh, regularly and who are from here who have been so giving and have just answered any questions I've had because like I'm I'm under no illusions I'm annoying I'm a I pester people I'm annoying I'm a bit awkward I interrupt conversations I don't realize I have like but these guys have been absolute angels um so and you know that there's been opportunities to sort of have seminars with people like Nick Riley and Charlie Sterling and Joel Redman and Eddie Ryan and uh, Chris Andrews, who you should look at. He's retired now, but you need to look at Chris Andrews' work, man. That's like one of my favorite, one of my favorite wrestlers, to be honest. So, um, yeah, Chris Andrews is amazing. That was cool, managing to get a, a seminar in with him before he retired. That was lovely. But um, yeah, just so fortunate that there, there are these like passionate, incredibly hardworking people who have done this job for over a decade and have so much experience, but will help you when you ask. Yeah. They're really great people. So it's awesome that a lot of these guys, so, like Charlie and Nick and now obviously with their incredible progress run. Yeah. Um, it's It's just great to see the rest of the world if not not just the country like the world really with them being on the network getting to see what that amount of experience 
gets you when you get them in a ring because they're incredible and they're breathtaking yeah. to watch it's, live. It's nice to see people like that sort of getting out of their area a bit more because it very much feels like if you look at Brit Wrestling, bar a few people, it's people are in their own little areas. It's very like, bubbly. Yeah. I think are, that's, and that's just down to the, the practicality of yeah. the fact that first and foremost, it's the wrestling business, right? Yeah, like, and travel the, and the People aren't necessarily and, doing it out of their own goodwill. Yeah. They've got to make sure that the, the expenses are weighed up. Yeah. But, but it's especially fantastic since, that those boundaries are being pushed now. Yeah, especially since COVID ended. I think there's mm. been a sort of... Not ended, that was a really silly word in. Since it eased up... Scaled down a bit, yeah. yeah. I think there's been a realisation of... One, wrestlers are more willing to jump at an opportunity that maybe they wouldn't have before. And two, I think promoters are being a bit more like... This may be the opportunity, the only chance we get to do this. This may be the opportunity to bring this person in and we might not get in the future due to... A, another freak lockdown or something happening so they're more willing to give the opportunities to people I think it's opened the door for a lot of people that have deserved it for a long time mm. but are only getting the sort of view into it now but that's just my opinion people might massively disagree with me no no I, I think there's been a few shifts and changes and it's been nice to see some people that fans have been screaming out about for literally 10 years finally getting platforms because like i say there are there are incredible people wrestling up and down the country doing like three four shows a day in the summer holidays who have this wealth of experience who are the best storytellers we have but they're just not being pushed at the platform that they deserve yeah and again it's one of them things there's what normally six to if you're pushing it eight matches on a card and there's there's not a space for everybody but it's mm. it's one of them things where whether the space you know that people deserve the opportunity and it's just trying to find that balance of it all this is it i just think like you put some of those guys you put you put those guys on your show you know you're gonna have the best match of the night yeah doesn't matter how hyped someone else is or how popular someone else is on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, the best match on your card is going to have one of them in it. Yeah. They simply have the experience, the skills and the knowledge to do the job better than anyone else. Which is depressing because I'm on a card with Eddie Ryan tomorrow, so. <laughs> yeah, he's been um, going for a while now, right? Yeah. He's got, he's got what, 14 years now? Yeah, he's just really good. Someone... So the last Pew show we worked together, he faced H. Hood. Yeah, he wrestled him uh, for uh, the wrestling in Coventry. Uh, also, like I think that was the last match they had had, and that yeah. was that was a fun match. My other half, yeah, will watch mm-hmm. wrestling, but is not a fan. Hates it. M- more watches it to see people fall over and stuff. He's yeah. He's and that's valid. That's fine. And yeah. he came back to me afterwards and told me how good he thought Eddie Ryan was. Which my wife doesn't do because he enjoys taking the piss out of the silly stuff. So, <laughs> but he came back and he was like, Fair he point. was really good. I really enjoyed watching him. So, like, he, oh, he even good. gets it across to a non-wrestling fan. 
this also works into my next question because we've already kind of big people up, but we're going to big more people up hopefully. Three people that you think people should be watching uh, because you don't think they're getting enough attention or they're just really good um, oh. or they've got like a cool Instagram or just anything. It doesn't have to be three. It can be less than three. It can be slightly more, but not 50 because we've got lives to get back to. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Let's have a brief think. Oh, my brain's just going, you're going to offend everybody you know, and they're yes, going to think do you it. don't care about all do of the it. hard work they're doing. Offend everyone, because then I get um, a few more listens. I'm going to have a group shout out to, there are some standout people down at the Reach Academy at the moment, and I'll let people decide who those people are by watching their content. So yeah. go find them yourselves. Let's give them a group shout out. Um, Technically cheating, but we'll let it slide. If if I don't, then I don't get to train. They'll just they'll just I don't know cut my brakes or something. So. Um, <laughs> Almost dark. Uh, dark. That was dark. Sorry, I I went there. Um, who should we give a shout out? I. Oh. Ah, <laughs> you're, you're just really screwing me over. It's, um, it's kind of the point. I, I think that she's getting a decent amount of attention, but I adore and have always enjoyed watching Sky Smithson. Um, so more attention on Sky, please. Just more. Give her more. I agree. Just I'm trying. Get a great big I'm, scoop of that attention and just lather it all on her. I'm trying to uh, get her for the podcast, but I haven't been able to get all of her. I think she's she needs brilliant. to get sponsored by whoever makes the little cartons of juice because she makes me need a carton of juice every time I see that on her story. Now it's it's becoming a problem. How dare you, Sky? How dare you? Um, also, I should I should mention her because I accidentally gave her a black eye when we wrestled the other day, and I probably ever. Um, so who else? I'm just going to give Nick Riley another shout out because Do I it. think he needs to be in more places. Yeah, and I know that. I know that it's like, oh, it's been on progress, but I was like, cool. I want to see him everywhere else as well, please. Yeah, all of the places. I want to see him like over, like OTT and going everywhere. Like, oh, yeah, honestly. Yeah. So I just thought about the possibilities there, and I got excited. I I just think that anywhere that he goes, he will. You know, he's gonna work his ass off, and he's gonna do something crazy and. He's just awesome. Um, I really think actually someone people should look out for. I just had a really good one pop into my head who we haven't mentioned already. Um, country big Josh Knott. Well, he recent, recently followed me on Twitter. He's really cool. I like him. He is. I think he'll forgive me for saying this. Possibly his, his own worst enemy because he won't shout and crow about it. That guy has been wrestling for 10 years. He's only in his mid-20s. He's been wrestling since he was 15 trained by Joel Redman. He is incredible. He is so wonderful everything he does. I just, I love watching him and he entertains me and as a, as a fan and he's also a very good friend of mine. He's been such a great friend of mine and someone I've been able to turn to in wrestling and he was someone very early on that when I turned to him went, I just need some help. I just need some guidance. He turned around and went, okay, I'll try and help you out. And I will never forget that because nobody has to do that. 
and he's no. just this wonderful, wonderful, wholesome guy, which he'll hate me saying because he's a terrific heel. <laughs> the first time I ever sort of, my eye, I laid my eyes on him, he was beating up some poor kid in the ring, and I was just like, that guy's an asshole. <laughs> I mean, it but, means um, he's doing his job really well, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. He's he's just brilliant, and I just think I wanna I wanna see him everywhere. Like every time, a promoter's like, "Ah, oh, who would you want to bring?" And they're like, "Him." Yeah. No. Like you should bring him up because he will put on again over ten years' experience. He's worked with all these incredible people. Get him. Yeah. Nice. I think that's a really cool list. Mm. Yeah, it's a nice one. Um, this would normally be the end of the interview. But I wanted to bring something up because we didn't get the opportunity. Okay. Why do you live in a caravan? <laughs> um, it didn't I come up, up naturally in... in the conversation, so I'm bringing it no, up No, that's now. fine. That's fine. I grew up in a caravan next to the beach. My parents were very young when they had me. I was not expected in their life plans. Um, and, you know... We're very fortunate that family made it possible for them to have the caravan and build up their lives. And then gradually, when I got older, to sort of secondary school age, they managed to buy a house. And my my mum and dad have worked very hard. My my dad, honestly, is my absolute hero. He's the reason that I I'm called L A Taylor. You know, he's um awesome. Obviously, I. That's not to downplay my mum. My mum's an absolute trooper and she's the one that keeps, like, you know, the, the bills paid and the paperwork done and sort of greases the wheels and dad's the, the trooper. So, um, yeah, I grew up in caravans. And then when it came to, hey, I, I, I had, like, this three-bedroom house that I'd worked my entire young life to buy i finally got on the property ladder i literally had a picket fence it was that idyllic um and when that sort of all came to an end or fell apart for whatever reason i sold that off and found myself back in a caravan almost exactly on the same spot that i grew up in that's literally like a couple hundred yards from the sea so i go when i go to sleep at night i can just hear waves and uh it was just a, a cheap way of saying, right, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. And to do that, I've got to adjust my lifestyle. So I went, I like quit my job, essentially, went and they were like, oh, I work part time. So I was like, cool, I'll keep a couple of shifts. Uh, quit my job, sold the house, after, uh, moved back in with my parents, was like, can't do that. Moved into a caravan. Bless their hearts. They're wonderful, though. Um and I've just got that as like my little bolt hole in Cornwall for me to go back to every now and then. Um, very few people get invited there. It's one, because it, practically it's out of the way. And two, because that's uh, that's my space. Nice. So, um, yeah. Although I did have a Luna Blue round the other day because she's lovely. Oh, yeah. yeah. You make exceptions for nice people. That makes sense. Yeah. Nice. The idea of... Hearing the sea as you fall asleep sounds amazing, but personally... It's great! Obviously, like, when I was growing up in a caravan, like, the toilet used to freeze over, so it wasn't quite as idyllic. <laughs> but they're, they're all right now. I have central heating and Wi-Fi, so it's, That sounds know. nice. It sounds really yeah. nice. Um, 
So now we are on my last question because I had to bring up the caravan thing because you mentioned it before we started recording. Yeah. And I just had to. Where can people find you online? And mm-hmm. have you got any shows coming up? Because this, as of recording, this will be released next Wednesday. Next so Wednesday. if you wanted to mention any shows, that is welcome too. But if you mention any shows for this weekend, it'll be too late. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so my socials for wrestling, you can find me on Instagram, LA underscore Taylor underscore PW. It's for pro wrestler. Most people seem to do that. I think I did it because my name was taken. Um, on Twitter, L underscore A underscore Taylor underscore. Loads of underscores so I could get my own name. Brilliant. Uh, I'm sure if you just put LA Taylor in the search bar, you get me. Um, again, on Facebook, you can find me with the same. And then for my personal training and sports massage and stuff, you can actually find me at TaylorMade underscore sports massage on Instagram. Uh, and I'm hoping to do some sort of um, online training programs and things and support for people through that. Nice. So, oh, oh and what was the other thing? Shows. 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 Let's open up my magic phone of doom where I store my life. If I lost this, I tell you what, I'm not turning up to any shows ever. It's quite scary. Yeah, same. So, on the 7th... On the 8th of May, I'm at Slam Masters in Wales. Going to go see Mariah May, give her a slap. Uh, we enjoy that. See her quite often for a slap. She often gives them back. Um, on the Friday the 13th, there is an all-ladies Southwest Wrestling show at the Frog and Fiddle in Cheltenham, and that is going to be absolutely off the wall. I'm, gonna really, I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, then... Do, 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 do. I think those are the main ones that are coming up because I've got dun 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 exams at Ooh. college and things like that. I've got like weddings, birthdays, and exams out my ears, so I've uh, chilled out. Then some from sort of late May all the way through June, it's a little bit busier. Oh, nice. Um, that's everything. I'm going to stop taking up all your evening now. Um, thank yeah, you for man. being a part of my podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm going to go and like eat so much ramen right now. Mm, nice. It's my I'm, thing of the I'm moment. Going, I'm going to eat a gammon steak. Oh, jealous. That's a great choice. It's really good. My other half just does all the cooking. so. I think that's the way to go. Yeah. That's definitely the way I would have it. Definitely landed on my feet. <laughs> um, right. Thank you again. Thank you for everyone that listens. And yeah, I'm putting my thumbs up for no one to see. Also putting thumbs up. Thanks, internet. (laughs) Bye. Oh, it's not stopping. Why won't it stop?